Well, Kyoda. No, we need to be like a bit more awake than that, guys. We're going to do this tonight. Kyoda. Okay, that's a bit better. My name is Kathan. If you guys haven't met me before, um, I was actually born, and um, ever since I was being born, I know. I don't know anyone else being born. Yeah, yeah, oh, a couple of you. Yeah, I know. We've got something in common. Cute. Um, so, for those of you who have been born, I was actually born, and I've stayed in Activate Church for my whole life. From my birth, like 1999, mate. I know, it's a while ago now. Back then it was Eastside Apostolic Church. And man, like, it's been crazy to be in this church for a long time. And I'm excited to go and share a bit to you tonight, because this one's a bit different for what I'm wanting to share. Like, if you guys have heard me speak before, I'm a bit of a sucker for PowerPoints. And I don't have one <laughs> for tonight. And what's frustrating, it's not a lack of preparation. I was praying for three months and God trying to convince me, like, going, nah, bro, don't do it. I'm like, but I want one. <laughs> like, PowerPoints are cool. They look fresh and you're like, on point. You guys get to read the scriptures. But tonight we're doing something a little bit different. And so just to get you guys a little more comfortable so we actually understand it's going to be okay. We're going to be safe as we go and do this and have fun. Here's a bit about me, right? So for me, I study business at the University of Waikato. I do strategy and finance, and um, I'm in my second year at the moment. Also, I hang out with um, youth. I lead at the youth, and I got my year 11 boys. Where are they? All two of them. Boys, let me down. Come on. (laughs) There they are, of course. Always late to the party. Okay, so do year 11 boys, and also I'm with Amazing Minique, I lead a Young Adults Activate group, which is real fun. So are you guys here? Young Adults? No? Yeah. Awesome. Love-hate relationship, isn't it? No, I'm joking. No. We love each other. And so what we're doing tonight is I want to open the scriptures, and it's a bit of a different perspective than I usually would take it. Like knowing me, it's okay. Like you can understand me. You kind of know a little bit more about me. You know it's going to be safe. But before we do this, I just need you guys to know that it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this, and we're going to make it. So I need you to turn a person on your left and go, it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I need you, thank you. Now, for the people, I need you to turn to the person on your right and go, it's not going to be cringe, I hope. (laughs) Ah, there we are. Now I've got your guys' trust levels just so high <laughs> through the roof. If you guys have your Bibles today, if you want to open to Luke chapter 8, we're going to jump in at verse 26. So you guys have Luke chapter 8, verse 26. If you guys want to join me there. Oh, uh, this like, thing's too small. If you need to open both of them, I'll figure this out. <laughs> Luke chapter 8. So who was there last week? And I um, saw Jan's little bit of acting. You guys are a bit more involved. Who was there last week to heard that message? Yeah, a couple of us. That's cool. For those who weren't there, where we're um, kind of doing as a church at the moment is we're jumping in at the book of Luke to understand what Jesus was like. Because the main kind of motto of our church, a phrase you guys we have on the wall there is, wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. And so we wanted to go, if we're going to do that right, you kind of have to understand what Jesus does, funnily enough. So we're going through the book of Luke. And last week we talked about a real weird story of how Jesus goes, after having a real successful preach in in Galilee, he goes, sweet guys, we're going to go to the other side of the lake. And um, yeah, that's what I'm going to tell you. We're just going to go on the other side of the lake in a boat. And they go on the boat. And at the time, it's like they almost get swamped and there's a massive storm. Jesus is asleep through all of this, of course. And his disciples are like, 
thought they were going to die. And they're like, Master, Master, help up. And they finally get woken and wake Jesus up. And he goes and comes a storm, chill as, and he just goes, oh, sweet, I'm going back to bed. Right? Like, it's a weird experience already, right? So when we're picking up, just have this in mind. As the disciple, you've almost died in your head. You're absolutely terrified. And then he goes, nah, it's all good. Where's your faith, right? And just imagine you're a disciple again, just for a little bit here. What happens in the story is they get to the other side of the lake. And they literally, Jesus gets to hang out with one guy. And then they get kicked out of town. So imagine being the disciple here for a moment. You've just almost risked your life and you're telling me it's just for one guy before you get kicked out. And Jesus is like, oh yeah, cool, that was successful. Like one guy, <laughs> you almost die for. It sounds ridiculous. You don't know this guy, right? And so if we're jumping in at verse 26, this is what it says. They sailed to the region of Gerasenes, which is across, from, um, across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man. You know, not everything you see every day, right? A demon-possessed man um, from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn any clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want from me? I'm Jesus, son of the Most High God. I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of this man. Just the usual boat trips, what you get on the other side of a lake. You know, I think this is a weird situation, right? And I, I know Jay covered this really well this morning. So if you guys do want to um, check out that podcast, because one, it's Jay, because it's awesome. But two, he talks about um, spiritual atmospheres and stuff around like that, just addressing the fact that actually demons are real. <laughs> we kind of have to address this in the situation, because if I don't talk about that, this story is really weird, right? Just understanding of going, okay, we know that, uh, this, um, we know that angels exist, right? And we know that demons exist, but often it's not a massively talked about subject in the church and it can be a bit weird. And some people freak out like, oh my gosh, there's a demon in the peanut butter or something like that. And you're freaking out. No, it's just the peanut butter it may taste gross to you. You know, the whole thing. And so to understand this, I, I don't want to fully go into it. Just understand that we know that through Jesus, we have authority over demons. Like Jay's spoken a real good message around that and actually explains a little bit more about that. So it's just understanding, okay, as it talks about in Ephesians, we're called to put the full armor of God on and through Christ who lives in us, we're good. <laughs> we're safe. We don't need to freak out about it. Yeah, it's weird. It's, I'm not going to lie. I don't want to go demon hunting. I have better things to do with my life, right? <laughs> I want to focus on God and what He has for me instead of going like, oh my gosh, what is this like? And yeah, I've experienced, like I'm seeing demons. I've never seen someone demon possessed. It's not on my bucket list either. It's not that important, really. <laughs> it's actually about focusing on what God is doing in our lives. But to understand that, I just like Ephesians um, ch chapter 3, verse 6, what it says here, just to get us all sorted about that, is, For He re raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So when we ever think about this stuff, and we go, okay, this is a weird story. You're carrying on and saying, it's like, yeah, and there's a demon-possessed man, he comes. It seems we're just understanding, oh, actually, we have authority through Christ in that, and it's okay. So now we've got that kind of understanding. I want to talk about the situation. Because it's weird, man. Like, I don't think many of us have seen demon-possessed people or anything like that. And for us to unpack the Scriptures, as I was praying for this, I felt Holy Spirit just go, man, I want to talk to you 
from the perspective of that man. Because it's kind of weird being that man, right? This guy who's described as naked, hasn't lived in a home for a long time and lives in tombs like our graveyards, right? Why would that man suddenly come running up to God? And I get that not all of us are demon-possessed right now, right, in this room. And that's all good. Like, that's great. I'm happy for you, right? But one thing I do think we actually can look at this and maybe apply it is we do have stuff which we need to come to God with. We do have sin. And that's where I want to come from this perspective, understanding, okay, maybe you don't have a demon-possession, but we all have this sin. So if you understand, like, what he does is he comes to God, as soon as Jesus arrives, he's come to God. And we know that Jesus intentionally is coming there for him, right? We know that because Jesus goes, we're going to go to the other side of the lake. And after that happens, they get kicked out. He goes, sweat, just head back. <laughs> Jesus was intentionally coming for this guy. But there's a clear thing. When we've got sin in our lives, you know, that stuff that just makes you feel gross, the things that you know are wrong, and you're like, oh man, what the heck do I do? If we're actually going to deal with it, the first thing we want to do, we have to come to God. And that's my first point for tonight is we actually have to come to God. That man knew that he needed God to get him out of there. But how we actually deal with that with God is actually real different. It's like the whole idea that I know I've done stuff wrong and I've had it so many times for me where I've been sitting there going, man, I've stuffed up God. And you know, but if you don't actually go to him, that doesn't actually fix anything. Instead, often I feel like we just go and sit there almost impressed at the size of our problem's existence rather than actually wanting to solve it. Like, oh man, my life sucks so much. I've got all these financial problems. My mental health's not doing well. You know what I mean? Like, and just start going off. And instead of actually dealing with the problem, we're just like, oh man, this is horrible. <laughs> you know? And that's not what God's called us to do, right? We know that we have Jesus. He's came for victory. And one of the funny things, like, it's no coincidence that we were born for victory and that God is always undefeated. There's no coincidence. We're actually designed, as Monique said, to be in a relationship with Him, to be dependent on God here and what we're doing. And so if we come to God, right, are we actually going, okay, God, now I'm here with you. Please don't torture me. Like the demon possessed guy does. That's what he did. And I get that, man, because the reason why we're so scared is when we come to God, it's because we're actually ashamed of what we've done. We don't want to go and talk about it. It feels hideous and actually opening up means that you're vulnerable and actually letting God come in and deal with that and be honest, actually, not just deal with some of it, but all of that. And man, it's awkward. And man, it's painful. But man, it is so necessary. It's like the whole thing of going, when you have an injury, right, in your leg, would you much rather just operate on it or wait till it gets to the point where it infects and you have to chop the whole leg off, right? It's so much better just to go and actually deal with that pain, even though it sucks, and actually coming to God. And I feel like he goes and he's like, what do you want with me, God? And I don't know if it's the demon talking at him, right? I don't know if it's him, and I don't think it matters, Thing of when we come to God, are we actually like, okay, God, I trust you. I trust that you actually love me. I trust that you only have the best for me and that you actually want to deal with this right. Because if we jump to Psalms 139, right? 
it's this beautiful picture. And it's so this is what cracks me up when we go and have the audacity of not actually talking to God about what we have. Like from Psalms 139, just verse 1, it goes, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my uh, tongue, you know it completely. You hear me in behind and before. And you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. And then where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your parent presence? Not parents. (laughs) Presence. (laughs) If I go out to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and light become night around me. Even darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And we have the audacity to assume that God doesn't know what we're going through. It's not that he doesn't know. It's just that we're not letting him in. (laughs) So if the whole reason why we're scared and ashamed is because, oh, but what does he think of it? Well, he already knows. (laughs) It's not like he's like, I didn't see that. Okay, I'm going to pretend I'm not thinking about this at all. (laughs) Like, no, he sees it. And instead he's like, actually, no, I want to help you out of this. But often when we come to God and we have these problems, we're like, oh my gosh, I feel gross. I'm just going to go and run away and hide and don't talk to anybody. I can't go to God because He just must be disappointed in me. Instead of actually coming knowing that He's a loving Father who actually just wants to help us. That Jesus died on the cross not to, just to go, yeah, let's have a relationship and I'll sort out your sin. It's going, actually, no, I want to give you freedom in that. I actually want to let you know that you can be loved and actually walk free of sin. It's powerful, man. And looking at that and understanding, okay, yeah, we've come to God. Another thing that I see for this man is that what the demon made him do, if I jump back to um, Luke chapter 8, it says, many times it had seized him. And though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. This is interesting, right? Because you, you know this guy's from this town. That means these guys, and actually they're trying to protect him, had actually more restrained him than what he was before. He'd actually been chained and put under guard, right? Like these useless things of like, yeah, I think accountability is important, right? And actually, I think it's important that we're supposed to talk to people. Why? Because the demon drove, drove him into solitary places, because the demon knew if he just spent enough time with everyone, he would actually get sorted out. Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? They actually spend time, and we have to still do it with God, right? But it's important if we, when we come and we've got these problems, it's important that we actually walk with it through with others instead of being driven to the solitary places. Instead of trying to go, okay, maybe if I just don't hurt anyone, maybe if I just chain myself, then at least I can't hurt anyone that way. And that's not actually helping them. What it is is chaining this guy and putting him in prison so no one else can see him and no one else can actually get affected. And that's not freedom. That's a prison. 
We act, true freedom is actually when you can be in a community. And we clearly see that that's important to God because what this guy had been driven to solitary places also said he lived in the tombs and he is naked. The demon and the enemy wants us just to be exposed and vulnerable where we feel ashamed and embarrassed. He wants us to feel naked and that we can't let anyone get near us because we just feel like they just read us like a book and just judge us. And that's the thing, like, yeah, when you actually are vulnerable with God, it is. You will have to go and be vulnerable. But we know at least you can do it with God and He's loving. And an interesting point, why tombs? Why the graveyard? It's not very comfortable to live there, I'm assuming. You know, like, because they're tombs. If you're more richer, you'd just get like a, a cave and they'd roll a rock over it. <laughs> Basically, like, not exactly the most like, woohoo, Airbnb, five stars right now at the moment. And the reason why I'd like to suggest to you is because the enemy just wants us to be driven away to a solitary place, then caught up in the past. Because what's the graveyard? It's a monument to the past. And who knows that like, yeah, remembering, remembering the past is actually real important, but actually living there, that's a problem. Because then you can't go and actually go forward in the future. So what I like is just you actually, when we go with God and actually um, walk with stuff, it's important as my second point, we actually walk with others while we walk with God. The church, what is it? It's a community of believers. And that's why it's super important to actually get that community. And that's why activate groups are huge. Actually showing up to those like, I do, I lead one for youth. I lead one for young adults. Why? Because I know it's important to be in a group where you've got other people who are trying to get closer to God. It's encouraging, it's empowering, and it's actually important there because there are days where it's hard. There are days when it sucks and you know you should go to God, but you don't. And I want to actually remind us back to Simon Moitada's message a couple of weeks ago when he's talking about the guys who lowered the, disab- um, the, um, the crippled man with the mat through the roof, right? Simon had a real powerful point there about picking up each corner with your friends, because sometimes you can't do it on your own. And having just, it's not about taking the whole mat, but that one person who picks up that one quarter of the mat and someone else does the other one, someone else the other one, and suddenly you can actually carry the person to Jesus so they can be set free. It's actually important that we walk with others and pick up the corner of our own mats. And understanding this as well, what's interesting is this guy like, I think Jay talked about it quite well this morning. And I know and um, Keith and um, the morning talked about um, anxiety and stuff like that. It's a powerful message. So I'd encourage you guys to get the podcast. So I'm not going to really jump in and talk about the pigs. Because it gets kind of weird. This is the Keith version for a bit. Jesus, um, Jesus goes and casts the demon out, right? After having a conversation with the demons, which is the demon's name, were legions. Because there was many of them, right? And actually, fun fact, legion means in the original language, around 6,000 men. <laughs> so I can't guarantee, but we know with the pigs, because they get casted out of the um, human into the pigs, 2,000 pigs, right? So we know at least 2,000 demons are in this poor guy, right? And what I like to see and actually draw from that is realising no matter how big or small the problem is, Jesus can still solve it. If we've got 6,000 demons in us, we're good. You know what I mean? And like that small financial trouble that you see as huge isn't actually that big to God. 
You know, that moment where we're freaking out and we've got that addiction you may have and going, oh my gosh, I can't do this. Why am I doing this again? Actually, no, God is there and He's bigger than that and you can do it with Him. And it's funny, like once He gets set free, right? It says in verse, I'm going to find it exactly. Verse 37. Then the people of all the region of Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man who the demons had gone begged to go with them, but Jesus sent him away, saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over the town how much Jesus had done for him. That is powerful. It's this interesting thing of like imagining, you know, you've just been set free and you're like, sweet, now can I just hang out with you, God? No, go and share. Because the, t- the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. As it talks about, actually, once you have an experience with God, right, and you get set free in something, whether that be healing or an actual like, situation you've prayed over, you've been given authority by that through Christ. And that as you share that testimony, it gives others permission to be set free from that as well. And understand it's possible. And I want to like bring us back to Jay's point that he said in the morning so well. It's actually, we're called to go and share the freedom that we've been given. We're called to be set free. What if you're saved not just for you? What, what if? Like, and I love what Ben says actually said. I, I, I didn't have this in my message. And I was just um, scrolling on Instagram the other day. I mean, like um, yesterday. And I saw what Ben said. He's been watching Hacksaw Ridge. Anyone seen that movie, Hacksaw Ridge? At all? Powerful movie. So fascinating. About this guy who's a conscientious objector, but still served in the army. Right? And there's those soldiers. And what he prayed every time, he said, Lord, let me save one more. And Ben's thought, which I thought was just so challenging, was what if we had that attitude when we woke up every day in the testimony that we have been set free from? Lord, what if, let me save one more. God, what if one more person could come to Jesus tonight? What if that person finally can see healing, Lord? Let me save one more. And dang, that perspective changes things, man. It's actually looking of going, we're actually called to go and share. And I know that might sound crazy, but that means we actually have to talk to people. <laughs> I get it, man. <laughs> but actually, it's so important because as you speak something out, we know that, like, it talks about in Proverbs, that the, in the tongue there's the power of life and death. As we speak, our testimony out actually gives people freedom. Right? We need to start sharing these stories. Because I know, like, what, that's why I love an activate group, right? Because we have those stories and we go, hey, how's your relationship with God going? Let me know how's it going this week because it's encouraging to hear what's going on in other people's lives. But often we just go, oh, I've been set free. Awesome. I just want to hang out with God more. Like, yeah, I've had this amazing camp experience and I'm just going to go and chill and I'm locking myself in a room because the world is just so dark and I can't go. And that's a lie, right? <laughs> like <laughs> that if the world's going to get darker and the darker as the church gets brighter and brighter. No, guys, a light gets rid of darkness. Mind-blowing, right? Which means if the world's getting darker, the church isn't getting brighter. (laughs) It's literally impossible. Actually, as the church gets brighter and brighter, the world will get lighter and lighter. And we're called to influence every aspect of our lives. We're actually called to come in there and go, okay, 
I'm not going to be a rock up to high school anymore and influence those people in your classes. I can't rock up to your workplaces and go, hey man, how you doing? I just want to let you know Jesus loves you. We're in certain areas of our lives and we've got a strong position there, which actually it's our responsibility to share Jesus. My uni friends are my responsibility. What if I'm the only Christian that they ever interact with? Am I actually glorifying God? Am I living a life that's attractive for them to go, I actually do want to serve God, you know? And it's, so when we go and actually be set free, we're all called, called to go and share that freedom. But, and what's mind-blowing about all of this is the going actually sharing it. It's modelled by Jesus so well because he goes in this whole entire story, he stops for that one guy, that one person. It's like Jesus with the lost sheep, right? The 99's there and that one's gone. Instead of protecting the 99, he goes, no, I need to find that one. Because this guy, he's important to me. He's important that the disciples feel like they risk their lives <laughs> to get to this one guy. And we never, like, we don't know the full impact of what that guy had in his town. We don't understand that, but what we do know is that it was powerful. And so in our lives, we can carry on. We have our own stuff to deal with. But when we get free, we stop at ourselves. And that's why it's so important to actually go through our lives and actually stop for that one person that you see when you're going, walking, maybe you're a bit late to work, a bit late to class, and you're busy, and you're like, oh, then you see that person in crutches, and you know that you should pray for healing, but you're like, oh, God, oh, oh, whoops, didn't see them. You know, I know I've done that before, eh? That when you get a word of knowledge and you fully know you're supposed to pray for it and you're like, oh, I'm just confirming that it's God. Oh, dang, walked past now too late. I've walked, I can't turn back now. Like, honestly, we have to actually take some responsibility and pay attention and actually stop for the one.